I don't get really excited about people just getting out of debt so that they can just go and spend money on whatever they want. That that just doesn't it doesn't motivate me. What motivates me is the kingdom impact that can happen when somebody gets out of debt. Welcome to Getting Money Right, a show dedicated to helping you achieve financial freedom through education and inspiration so you can be free to pursue your true life's purpose. We're your hosts, David Thompson and Leo Sabo, and in this episode of Getting Money Right, we're talking with Art Rayner. Now, Art is, uh, I like to say that you're a friend of mine, Art, just from the interactions that we've had um, really online, uh, but we're in that same space of serving people in their personal finances and with a heart for biblical finances as well. So Art is one of the vice presidents at Southeastern Seminary. Uh, he's written several books on finances and uh, really helping people in their marriages as well. Mm-hmm. And we know there's a huge tie-in to marriage and money. So he's got the money challenge, and then he's got the money challenge for teens coming out. Mm-hmm. And those both even tie into the marriage challenge book that he wrote before that. And so really, there's three books there that are really just an incredible read. I highly recommend you check them out. And then there's this great series of kids books relating to money principles as well. And so we wanted to bring Art on. He's got a full-time role as a VP at a large seminary, You know, one of the well-known, respected seminaries in the country. And yet here he is writing books for teens, writing books for kids, writing books on marriage, and he's got several other components to what he does. He has a little publishing firm that he runs with his brothers. He's constantly looking for ways to increase his income and to help people. Mm. And so he's coming out with a new book in February. And so I wanted to bring him on to just talk a little bit about this book. I think it's one of those things that you're really going to enjoy seeing what's happening. So it's called Find More Money. And I think that's what this whole episode will be about. Welcome, Art, to the show. Hey, thanks so, so much for having me. Art, it's such a pleasure to have you on. Thanks for taking the time to uh, talk with us. We're really interested in this book because so often we talk about how to cut back on expenses, how to be better at managing your finances, and rarely do we really jump into how do you make more money, which seems to be the one thing that most people think will solve their money problem. And we know that's not necessarily true, but certainly more money does help. So I think it's one of those things that I think is really worth talking about. So I appreciate you writing this book. But tell us, why did you write Find More Money? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Uh, so I, I want to start off by just talking about the, the reason why I like talking about money in general, which I know um, just us on this podcast, we're, we're a unique bunch in that we actually like talking about this subject of, of money. Um, but what I've found over time is that people are really missing out on God's design for them and, and, and their finances. And so by doing that, they're missing out on some, some blessings, even, even right now, present blessings. Of course, there's eternal blessings that are associated with how we manage our money, making sure that we're um, putting money, um, stowing it away for, for, for eternity and using it for kingdom advancing purposes. But there's also real um, blessings in the here and, and now that, that Paul alludes to, even in, in 1, 1 Timothy 6, 
where he talks about us taking truly taking hold of, of life. And of course, what he's talking about there is the real contentment, real satisfaction that comes along with stewarding our resources well, using our resources for the advancement of his kingdom. I always say that I, I don't get really excited about people just getting out of debt so that they can just go and spend money on whatever they want. That, that just doesn't, it doesn't motivate me. What motivates me is the kingdom impact that can happen when somebody gets out of debt and then they start using their financial resources to advance God's kingdom, whether in their own community and, and around, around the world. I read a book and you, you probably have, have read it called Inheritology by, by James Wise. Yeah. And I actually laid um, part of what he um, presented in the, in, in the book. And of course I attribute it to him. He laid out this great, amazing, great commission opportunity that we have right before, right in front of us, where over the next 20 years or so, we have what's called the great wealth transfer, where there'll be about $30 trillion in, in wealth transfer from one generation to the next uh, in, in America alone. And if we assume that you know, 25% of Americans right now are evangelicals, um, which you can debate that number, ultimately you'll see that it doesn't, doesn't really matter. That means that $7.5 trillion will be in the hands of, of evangelicals just in the great wealth transfer alone. Now, let's assume that there's 3,200 unreached people groups around the world, people that have yet to hear the name of, of Jesus. And then let's also assume that it's going to take $75,000 per year to reach just one of those unreached people groups. And that to really reach that uh, group, you have to spend about 20 years doing that, that work. Well, you take 3,200 unreached people groups times $75,000 times 20 years. That gets you to about $4.8 billion with a, with a B. Now, remember, we said that we have $7.5 trillion with a T, and you guys understand the difference between a billion yeah, and a trillion. trillion it's, being a thousand billions. <laughs> it's incredible. And this is what God has placed in our hands right now. And so the question that continues to really haunt my, my mind is, what if we don't? What if we don't do something about it right now with what we have, with the knowledge that we have and the resources that we have? What if we don't do something about it? Are we going to be the generation of Christians that Christians 100, 150 years from now look back on and say, what in the world were they, were they thinking? They literally had the resources to reach the entire, entire earth for, for, for Christ, reach every unreached people group. So if I'm talking to a financial coach, if I'm talking to an individual who's getting out of debt... I always say, you know what, I'm not, I'm, I'm talking to you, but I'm not really paying attention to you. And here's what I mean by that. I'm, I'm paying attention to what you're doing, but I'm more concerned and I'm looking at that unreached people group that has yet to hear the name of Jesus. And by you getting out of debt or you getting your finances right is going to hear the name of Jesus for the, for the first time. And that's what motivates me. That's what gets me pumped up. As you can tell, I'm really excited yeah, uh, about great. that. I love that because because we we push people to get their finances right, right? We're getting money right so that you can be free to pursue your true life's purpose. And that's what I love hearing that passion come out of your voice right now, Art, is that you have found that thing that gets you up in the morning. And so you're you're at this great seminary, this huge institution where you're serving people daily. But you're also working on finding more money, helping others find more money, helping others answer the money challenge mm -hmm. to go out and do the thing they were created for and to really push others to say, hey, I have a vision that 
God has put on my heart. How do I make sure that everything that I'm doing today allows me to go fulfill that? And I believe every single one of our listeners has a unique purpose that is on their heart. And that's the point. This getting money right is not for getting more money, not for getting out of debt, but for doing all of these great principles that later can turn into the thing that you were created for. That's absolutely right. And as I started talking more about money, more about God's design for, uh, for individuals' resources, um, I, w- I would talk about, of course, getting out of debt and saving wisely and doing all the things that Scripture tells us uh, that, we, that we need to do. I, uh, but inevitably, I would have somebody that would come up to me after a, a talk or after I spoke at a conference or something, something along the lines of that. And they would come up to me and say, Hart, A.R., I, I love everything that you said. And I, I agree with it. But here's the problem. I'm looking at my, my budget. And I don't have debt. I, I don't really have um, these expenses that are way out of line. You know, I've cut all my Netflix, I've cut my Netflix subscription. I don't have Disney, Disney Plus. Right, I, right. My, I have a bare bones budget. What do I do? I was literally sitting across from a, from a pastor. And we were talking. He said, hey, I need... I need some help with my finances. And he passed me his, uh, his, his budget, looked at it for about 15 seconds because it really didn't take long um, because there, really, there wasn't much to it. And one of the line items said or ha- he had $50 for food. And so I said, you're spending $50 a week for, for food? He said, no, because that's, that's actually every, every other week. Now, granted, he was, he was single. Mm-hmm. But if you do the math, he was spending literally $1.19 per meal. And so my conversation with him is not, hey, you need to go to 75 cents. Right. Yeah. Cut that, cut that budget lower. That's <laughs> right. Every, squeeze every cent out of it. <laughs> there, there gets to be a point where cutting the budget just simply no longer, it no longer cuts it. And so these conversations that haven't prompted this, um, the, the motivation to really write, find more money. Um, we're not talking about becoming a gazillionaire. Um, that's not what find more money is, is, all, is all about. It's about taking advantage of what the opportunities that are currently out there and what we call the gig economy. We can talk a little bit more about, about that, but taking advantage of these opportunities to get work outside of, of your work so that then you can put food on the table, so that then maybe you can pay off debt if you, if you have debt, um, so that then you can save uh, for, for retirement or save for, for college. Um, so there's plenty of opportunities out there to, of course, in, increase your income and find more money is just helping you walk through the, the process of doing just that. All right. I, I love what you're talking about because I do believe that sometimes you do have to step outside of what you have, which means that if, the, if you've done everything you can on the practical side, on the expense side, there's got to be something you got to do on the income side. If you don't bring that up, if you're not able to make more money, you can only come back so much. Right. I mean, you can't live on the street. You can't eat on 75 cents per meal, uh, at least not for long. <laughs> right. Um, so 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 I love I love where you're going with this. So what is a side gig? I know you and I have spoken uh, offline here about several side gigs that you started doing, and that's kind of what prompted you to talk about this. So talk about what is a side gig and how did you start going down that road and realize, hey, this is something that others could benefit from? Yeah, that's uh, and, uh, and for a simple definition of a of a side gig, it's just work outside of your your work. That's how I explain it. 
Um, and you're right. I do have um, pretty good experience uh, do, doing this. In fact, I have um, a couple of different companies that uh, that that are under my, my name that I started that I was a part of that uh, even me and my brothers are part of. And then also do work uh, for a few other um, other organizations. So I'm very familiar with the with the gig economy. In fact, I was doing it before there was really a term attached to it. Um, I had no idea that I was part of the gig economy until somebody um, threw that name out there. And now all of a sudden, oh, yeah, that's oh, yeah, that I'm, I'm a part of that, too. <laughs> and and so my hope is that through my experience and through lessons learned that I put in the uh, uh, find more money, um, I can encourage and, and provide hope to to individuals who are um, find themselves just in a place where cutting the budget no longer cuts it. And I provide a number of other stories in the book of real people that are making real money outside of their normal full-time job and, um, and, and it's benefiting them tremendously. Um, there's actually a third of, uh, of U.S. workers right now are a part of what we call the part of the gig economy. That's about 57 million individuals. Um, and that's gonna that shocks a lot of people when they hear that that number, um, but of course it's people like me that were doing work outside of the work that didn't even know that they were really a part of the the gig gig economy. Mm-hmm. Um, now there's some misconceptions with the, the the gig economy. You think, well, am I going to have to do Uber? Um, that's you know it's kind of a go to yeah, um, side gig, knows, right? right. And people are like, well, I don't want to. I don't want to do do. There's plenty of opportunities outside mm-hmm. of ride sharing. That's that's a very valid one. There's nothing wrong with Lyft or or Uber, but there's a number of other opportunities that are out there. If you don't like driving people around, um, you can still find more money in the in the gig economy. That's great. So, how would you how would you guide somebody who? obviously needs more money. They're looking at their finances. They realize, man, if I could just get a little bit more and maybe they can't get the overtime from their job, maybe they're locked into a salary position and maybe it's easy for them. I I found many times in my career and I've had several that I get to a place where I'm just very proficient in my, my, my career. So I have some downtime, right? I'm learning, I'm reading, I'm doing something, but lately over the last three years or so, not only do I work from home, but I also had the ability and I started a couple of businesses. So it was more out of necessity, I guess, or just didn't want to sit around and, and do one thing. Right, right. I had capacity. And so it led me to this. But how would you guide somebody like you've done this, obviously? How does someone know which side gig is right for them? Like, how would you guide them to to even think or how to how to start processing through what they might be able to do and not put their regular job in jeopardy, maybe? Yeah, that's a wow. Those are um, there's a couple of really good questions in there, and believe it or not, um, we've unintentionally already hit on some very important pr- principles of trying to figure out which side gig is is right for you. That word passion has already been thrown out there. Um, you mentioned what I'm passionate about, and it's it's very very obvious. Um, passion is a good starting point for trying to figure out which side gig is 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 right for you. Um, and, and how you find your passion, you can just ask, ask some simple questions of yourself, like, what did I like doing as a child? Like, what did I actually like doing when there was no pressure? Um, I could do whatever I, I wanted to do. What did I actually do? When I go back and look at what I did in my middle school years and even my high school years, it's really bizarre um, because I was one of those weird ones that actually laid out business plans for fun. 
And I'm not joking. I would sit in my room and I would come up with business plans for different types of, of, of businesses, just very um, entrepreneurial minded, I guess you could say. And I just enjoyed um, that. I also enjoyed, this is not going to surprise you, but I enjoyed personal finances. I opened my first, um, my first Roth IRA when I was either 16 or 17. And um, with the encouragement of my dad, and that just opened up an entire new world for me that I was just fascinated by. And so I started learning about investments and mutual funds. And, and those are things that I would do just for, for fun. Um, I, w- I would also try to figure out, okay, well, what, what do you like learning about and talking about without any, any prompting? Um, I always warn people if I'm out in public and we start having a conversation about money, it's like, just so you know, I'm probably not going to stop. And at some point, <laughs> right, you're just right. going to have to walk away because I just like talking about 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 this stuff. So I just want to give you a fair warning. If we're going to go this, the, the conversation is going to go the route of personal finances, you're, you're, you better sit down. Yeah. Um, and then what do you hate to stop doing? Like when, when you're when you're in the middle of something and you're like, ah, I, I just wish I could keep doing this or just wish I had more time. The, when you, when you start answering those questions, you start to uncover your, your passion. Now, Leo, you've already mentioned what you're good at, your, your skill. So you have your passion and then you have your skill, which is what others say that you're, you're good at. Um, it's not what you say that you are, you're good at. Some people think that it's what you think that you're good at. I can tell you, Nobody's ever going to ask me to rap, um, to get up on stage and and, and rap. I've I've tried it, um, not not actually on stage, but in front of my my boys and my my wife. And I can tell you, they shut me down quickly and tell me to stop because it's just it's not it's not good. Um, nobody tells me that I'm good at rapping. Um, they tell me that I'm good at other things, but that's but that's not not one. So, what do other people actually tell you that that you're good at? And what do people ask actually ask you to do like when do they come to you for for help um today um i've literally received a couple of texts from from individuals just asking for financial advice um and so what what are people just simply asking you to to do so you have your passion you have your skill and then you have your opportunity so what is somebody actually willing to pay you to do um so you could be passionate about you know, rapping. Um, but is somebody actually willing to, to pay you to, to do that? And so you need to find out, okay, what are you passionate about? What are, what skills do you actually have? And then what opportunities are, are out there to actually make real money? And where those three pieces meet, I call that in the, in, in find more money, your trifecta. And that's what you're, that's where you're looking about. And I spent an entire chapter walking you through how to find that sweet spot so where your passion, your skills, and the opportunity actually meets, because you're going to spend time outside of your work doing this. And so hopefully it's something that, you know, that you're excited about doing, that yeah. you, you, get, you get pumped up about doing. Because when you're done with your full-time job, to then go do something else, you, it's, it's better if you need to say if you're, you're excited about it. Now, if, if there's only an opportunity out there and that doesn't meet your passion, then you mean you, sometimes you just got to go make, make, some more, make some more income to put food on the table. I get that. So it's not always perfect, but, I, but my hope is that people will find that, that sweet spot for them. Yeah, I love that trifecta, the passion, skill, and opportunity. And, and just this idea that your side gig doesn't have to replace your full-time job tomorrow. Mm-hmm. This isn't like, hey, 
I'm going to try to go make $100,000 in one year from my side hustle or my side gig. No, I'm going to be doing what I'm doing. I'm going to keep working, keep going where I'm paid the most, keep going where I have a consistent income, where I maybe have my insurance in place. But I'm going to find something where I'm passionate, skilled, and there's opportunity, there's payment. And I'm going to go in those evening hours or morning hours or whenever I'm not working and try to pursue this. So then I guess kind of a natural question to me would be, Art, you know, is this going to hurt somebody's full-time job? Because, because if you're working a little in the evening or in the morning, uh, you end up distracted at work. Like, how does this fit? Does this end up hurting you in your career? Uh, what does that, ha- what happens there? That's a, a, that's another great question. And um, I first want to make sure we set the right expectations for how much money you're going to be making with the, with the side gig. So as we've already alluded to, you're not going to become a gazillionaire. That's highly unlikely for, for that to happen. Um, it's highly unlikely for your side gig to ever become your full-time gig. Most, of, most people, that just never happens. The average side gigger makes $8,000 per year on their side gig. So that's $8,000 per year. Now, so we're not talking about millions of dollars, but $8,000 per year can be significant if you're trying to save for retirement. You get to max out your, your Roth. If you are um, needing to pay down debt, $8,000 a year can be significant. So it's, it's important that we set the right expectations, which also helps you understand that you're not talking about another 40 hours per week that you're putting on on yourself. Usually when you look at a side gig, you're thinking maybe, maybe 10 hours uh, per, per week. Uh, if you uh, drive for Uber, once again, I'm not saying that that's the only side gig to do, but the, the average person who, who drives Uber, they, they make around seventeen fifty per hour. So if you, if you do 10 hours um, a week, you know, you're, you're looking at about $750 per month, uh, basically doing, doing Uber. And so we're not talking about another 40-hour hour job. Now, I have seen multiple times where a side gig doesn't hurt your work, but it actually benefits your, your work. And that's what I encourage people to do, to find that side gig that actually benefits your work. Here's, here's one of the ways that it, that it can benefit. First of all, it provides you new challenges that your current job doesn't, doesn't offer. And so you're starting to, to stretch and learn a little, little bit more because of these, uh, these, some, of these, some of these side gigs. And that can help you become actually a better employee while, while you're at, at work. Also, you're going to be exposed to some, some new and fresh ideas that maybe you never considered in your, in your existing work. Um, you're going to be working with other people that you don't work with during the day. And so you may get exposed, once again, to some, some new ideas, some fresh ideas that you can bring into work and help you become a, a better and more valuable employee. You can also improve existing skills. You had already mentioned that you have identified some of the skills that you have at work, and maybe you can transfer them to, a, to a, some type of side gig. And so now you're improving those existing skills, or maybe you even learn some new skills. I know of an individual, and I write about this in, in Find More Money, who was very skilled at social media. He knew social media incredibly well, and he actually did it for a few different organizations. Well, one of those organizations asked him to develop a website. Well, he had never developed a website before. But he said, you know what? If you give me the resources, I will give it a shot. And so he did just that. He taught himself how to develop a website. And now... 
he's developing websites for his primary work. Like he's developed wow. you know, four or five different websites for his job. So he learned a skill outside of work doing a side gig that he can now transfer to his, his current work. Oh, and by the way, he also gets paid for doing as I said social media work outside of his full-time job. And he basically he's given money, of course, to help organizations, but also to help learn how to, how to do social media better for his existing organization. Mm -hmm. And so he gets to experiment a little bit there. Um, so there's a number of different opportunities, a number of different reasons why um, having a side can actually feed into your, your existing work. It can actually make you a, a better employee. And those are just a few that I um, lay out and find more money. Mm -hmm. I think it's, I think you're right on art. I think, uh, I've seen actually people in my own family, including myself, but I've seen, uh, in my own family, my daughter, for instance, uh, who was in a position at a church working as an uh, administrative assistant was put in charge of social media, was put in charge of different aspects of managing that, that one campus that she was serving. And through that, she began to develop knowledge about how to do social media. Then the next thing you know, she started playing with Canva and other uh, type of applications that helped to create um, graphic designs for the different posts that she was doing. So over time, you know, she I really noticed that she had some talent. So of course, when she became available, I hired her because mm -hmm. I need a person like that. So I really do think that when you when going back to that, you know, opportunity and passion and skill. I think you're I think all of us are gifted in a certain way and especially with this new technology and so many different industries being literally kind of birthed out of nothing uh, with social media and Amazon and all these things that are, are creating these jobs that were never there all of a sudden people can they don't have to go get a degree in it they can just take an online course there's people who are teaching how to do social media better how to do marketing better uh, there's guys like Seth Godin who built a you know an empire based on it and so many people today don't have to just get that job where they're on the assembly line, you know, and you can do not only one, but several side gigs. And who knows? I think some of those actually can, like your friend, it can become a full-time job and pay way better than what you would have had uh, if you would have stayed with the previous job. And I found that to be true for most of my life. I've always been able to kind of master the job that I was at. And because of the work environment I was in, I always had some time. And because I had time and I'm a learner, I started learning. Um, and that gave me then the ability to do other things. And you're right. You know, what people, the people who I know who know what I'm gifted at, they ask me for those things to do for them. Mm -hmm. So I know. I mean, I will never run out of work. I do know that. My biggest problem is not working too much. Not, you know. So I think if you guys look around, if you're listening to this podcast, if you're looking around and realizing what Art just said, that you have skill. Right. You, you've built up some skill because of passions that you already have, things that you've already been doing since you were maybe a little kid. And when those opportunities come, take a chance, you know, learn something, apply yourself. And who knows? It may be just a side gig that's going to allow you to go to the next level on your finances, maybe uh, tackle some debt. But it might actually take you even further. It might actually become your next career that's going to pay really well and you'll be happy doing it. And that's really probably the most important thing is that you're doing something that's giving you life. So Art, what do you hope readers will glean from your book? Obviously, we know what this book is about, but what do you hope they'll walk away with? Well, the first four chapters of the book, I, I lay out um, God's design for them and, and, and their money and also dispel um, the, um, 
I guess the myth of, uh, of talking about money, that's a bad thing that money is, is taboo to, uh, to talk about. That's one of my constant frustrations. Um, that is something that we almost hide from at, at times, which I think hurts our ability to address real financial issues and also um, limits our ability to use resources to advance God's kingdom because we just don't talk about it ne- nearly enough. Um, so I hope that they begin to get a bigger picture for why God gave them the resources they have, whether it's little or, or much. Um, but of course, the book is titled Find More Money. So I, I want them to, to find hope as well, to realize that there is an opportunity out there um, if they find themselves with just this bare bones budget and they're looking at it and they're thinking, man, what can be done? Um, I'm a you know pastor that is at a church that just can't pay me very much, and it's no fault of of their own. It's just not a, not a big church, and I'm struggling to to make ends ends meet. And and I've I've actually had several pastors that have told me that. What can I do? I don't want to leave my church. What can I I do? There there is hope. There is hope, and um, I find more money walks them through just step by step on here's how you can start thinking about. And, and actually making more more money. That's great. Well, Art, where can people go to learn more about you, about the books that you've written, uh, the things that you're doing right now? How can people get connected to you and stay connected with you? Well, you can always go to my website, artrainer.com. Last name is spelled R-A-I-N-E-R. Um, you can reach out to me pretty pretty easily. I'm, I'm easy to, to connect with. So it's art at artrainer.com is my general email um, my Twitter handle is at Art Rainer. Of course, Facebook, you just, you know, type it in the search, Art Rainer, and I'll, I'll, I'll pop up. Um, but in general, I'm a, I'm a pretty easy guy to find and the, the resources uh, that are that are out there are available pretty much at any bookstore. So you can just, uh, whether it's Amazon or Lifeway, you just type it in, you'll, you'll find the resources. Yeah, I love that. I'm, I love that when I go to Google, and I've done this before, and I type in Art Rainer, your, your name and your website is the first one that comes up. That's pretty nice, Art. That's a pretty good place to be. Uh, doesn't happen with David Thompson. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> that's, that's the beauty of having a name like Art, right? There's, not, there's yeah. not many of us out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Rainer with the I, you know, that, that just, that works out so well. Right. Um, David Thompson will always take you to the basketball player who could jump <laughs> and touch the rim and go off the backboard and make change, which I'm, I'm happy to, 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 you know, be in that shadow. That's a good place to be. But uh, we've really enjoyed having you on the podcast, Art. And I highly recommend listeners go check out artrainer.com. Go through and click through his blog, the articles that he's written, the podcast that he's doing called The Money Challenge, the book called The Money Challenge. Uh, I know that our audience is always going to lean towards the personal finance side, uh, but everything out there um, I'm really impressed with and have have enjoyed being a part and seeing it. Uh, And then the other thing is that as you're continuing on your journey, your personal finance journey, go on and share some of the posts that he's putting out there. Share it on your social media, help other people find him, help other people find Getting Money Right. If you enjoyed this episode, just rate it, review it, share it with a friend. Uh, You can hit the share button and text it to somebody Mm -hmm. and just shoot them a quick text and say, hey, I heard this episode on side gigs. I think that you might really benefit from it. Uh, This is one of those things where when we're talking about the overall financial equation, we are always going to kind of lean towards the getting out of debt, lowering your expenses. But this episode specifically helps people broaden their horizons and go beyond just Uber being the answer. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, your side gig can be another like, you know, contract labor job for a company. 
but you could also go be in publishing. You could also go start your own side business where you're doing what you're already skilled at, where there's opportunity that people want to pay you, where you're passionate. You don't have to do a side gig that's just trapping you into another contract labor role that isn't exciting for you. So I think this will spur some ideas in people's minds. So share it, get on there, click the share button, text it to somebody. Well, we look forward to having you join us next time so that together we can keep getting money right. And how you find your passion, you can just ask some simple questions of yourself like, what did I like doing as a child? Like, what did I actually like doing when there was no pressure? Um, I could do whatever I, I wanted to do. What did I actually do? Mm-hmm.